Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on May 7th, 2021 from South Carolina Public Radio's studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. In this episode, we look at the ramifications of Governor Henry McMaster's decision to end federal unemployment benefits next month. We have a few campaign trail bites for you as well, and action from the final days of the legislative session. And to catch our breath, we decided to visit lead horticulturist Britton Fox on her farm to talk Mother's Day and spring plantings. And we have the latest news for you from DHEC. Additionally, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from you all about your life during these uncertain times. Leave us a one, two, three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and a little message like, tell us what you're planting, what you're doing for Mother's Day. If you don't believe in Mother's Day because every day is Mother's Day, I hear ya. I don't believe in it either. That's what I tell my mother when I kind of forget sometimes. Tell us what you got your mom, 803-563-7169. And now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is ongoing, widespread, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 9,566 total deaths and 583,373 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of May 7th at 4 p.m., You may have just noticed that I said total instead of confirmed cases and deaths, and that's because DHEC is now combining confirmed and probable cases and deaths to paint a fuller picture of the situation in the state. Last September, the CDC changed the way it reported confirmed and probable cases as well. Now, just so you know, confirmed cases are viral or molecular tests like your PCR test, and probable cases are from positive antigen or rapid tests. Our current percent positive rate in the state is 4%. 369 patients are hospitalized with COVID-19, 88 are in intensive care, and 48 are on ventilators. Case rates have remained steady over the past seven days, ranging from 298 to 451. Hospitalizations, ICU admissions, and ventilator use continue to decline to monthly lows. Death rates are plateauing, and over the past seven days, we've averaged six deaths a day. So far, 3 million vaccine doses have been administered to South Carolinians. 1.7 million residents have had at least one vaccine, and 1.3 million South Carolinians are fully vaccinated, or 33% of the population. Call your mom, get your shot, listen to the lead. Federal emergency unemployment benefits will soon come to an end in South Carolina. Governor Henry McMaster tasked the Department of Employment and Workforce to terminate the federal programs administered by the agency, which supplies some 100,000 current recipients with an additional $300 a week on top of their weekly average benefit of around $236 from the state. An additional 93,600 residents are participating in other federal benefits programs as well. McMaster called the federal programs a clear and present danger to the sluggishly recovering labor market in which there are more than 80,000 job openings in the state and service industry jobs are in high demand, especially as the summer tourism season gears up. Ending the federal employment programs before their September expiration will mean $600 million in lost benefits to the state's unemployed. Rough estimates from due 
show that if 30 to 50 percent of those unemployed now rejoin the workforce, averaging $500 in weekly wages, that they'll provide upwards of $372 million. That's a difference of $228 million that would flow into the state. Remember, our tax collections this year, this fiscal year, have been so robust due to such stimulus. But there is no denying that there is a strong demand for labor out there, and we have seen initial unemployment claims decrease. I mean, have you tried to get an Uber lately or spoken to a restaurateur? Plenty of demand. And Friday's jobs report found that 331,000 jobs were added in leisure and hospitality last month alone. That's nationwide. And remember, leisure and hospitality jobs have been the slowest to recover in our state. We'll have more details on how we're doing as a state soon when we get the monthly numbers out. Overall, however, the April numbers were a complete miss, with the nation's economy adding just 266,000 jobs versus an estimated 1 million. This pushed unemployment up to 6.1% nationwide. Uh, We're going to go from bad numbers to our favorite number, number one. We're talking about the Russ McKinney, our number one in South Carolina Public Radio's Statehouse reporter, who covered two major bills this week. He watched closely and listened to the lengthy debates and has this report. Two controversial bills important to the Republican majority made it through the state legislature this week with a week to spare in this year's session. Bills that could see the resumption of executions and handguns allowed to be carried in public won final approval and will soon be on the way to the governor to be signed into law. After what was at times an emotional debate, the House of Representatives passed a bill that requires death row inmates to choose between a firing squad or the electric chair if lethal injection drugs aren't available. The last death sentence carried out in the state was 10 years ago due to the lack of chemicals used for lethal injections. There are currently 37 inmates on death row. Three have reportedly exhausted all of their appeals. Opponents of the bill argued that backers of the measure were determined to change the law just to force the resumption of executions. Bamberg Democrat Justin Bamberg. There are three uh, living, breathing people who are on death row right now. Um, And they're the primary target, so to speak, of this particular piece of legislation. Debate in the House morphed into a debate on the death penalty itself, with a number of African-American House members chastising proponents of the bill for supporting the death penalty and their pro-life stance earlier this session when passing a heartbeat abortion bill. That drew this response from Spartanburg Republican Josiah Magnuson. Then it is pro-life to vote to enforce the death penalty because what you're doing is you're making life sacred. You're reminding the world and you are telling the message that justice matters. Some opponents predict the new death penalty law might not hold up in court because it changes the death penalty method after the fact. Following three days of lengthy debate, the Senate Thursday night gave final passage this week to the so-called Open Carry with Training Act. It will allow handgun owners with a concealed weapons permit to openly carry their weapons in public except where expressly prohibited, such as at schools and government buildings. Gun rights advocates have pushed for open carry for years, claiming it supports their Second Amendment right. Democrat Kevin Johnson of Manning called it a bad idea. And so now we're going to have a state where you can protest peacefully, which is our right, but you're going to have protesters coming, wearing guns openly, and then you're going to have counter-protesters coming, 
wearing guns openly. You're going to have gangbangers all across our state uh, wearing guns openly. It's just a recipe for disaster that can easily be avoided. By a close vote, the Senate rejected an even stronger version of the bill, which would have allowed open carry of handguns without any training or permit. Spartanburg Republican Shane Martin sponsored the so-called constitutional carry amendment. People out there, here's what they want. They want government out of the way of their God-given rights that are protected by our Constitution. That's what they want. South Carolina will join 45 other states in allowing some form of open carry of handguns. The House and Senate are still sparring over the reform of state-owned utility Santee Cooper. The Senate version rejects the possibility of the state selling the utility, while the House version would keep that option. The reform bill is now in a House-Senate conference committee where lawmakers will have to work out their differences. Next week is the final week of this year's legislative session. However, lawmakers will return over the summer to finalize next year's $10.5 billion state budget. Thanks, Russ. And the six-member conference committee, which hashes out the differences between the Senate and House versions of the Santee Cooper reform bill, has been announced, and it's a who's who of the statehouse. I'm talking if they were sitting at a high school cafeteria table, you'd want to sit with them. Instead, they probably wouldn't even know you existed. It features House Speaker Jay Lucas, Ways and Means Chairman Merle Smith, and House Minority Leader Todd Rutherford. From the Senate, it's Judiciary Chairman Luke Rankin, Majority Leader Shane Massey, and Minority Leader Brad Hutto. That's right, six lawyers. Mm. Could you imagine that cafeteria table in high school? (laughs) That's four Republicans and two Democrats. That's the power of the majority, folks. We'll see what happens in the coming days. And now for an update on some more legislative action from the week. The House sent the Gallo Wine Bill to the governor for his signature. The bill incentivizes E&J Gallo Winery to locate a $400 million production and distribution facility to Chester County by amending state laws to allow the wine giant to open three tightly controlled tasting rooms in the state. When you make the laws, you can also change the laws, folks. The governor signed a bill that would allow for college athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness. It will take effect in 2022. And the hate crimes bill made it out of the Senate Judiciary Committee on Tuesday by a very close vote. It joins several other bills on a overstuffed Senate calendar. I'm talking like double-stuffed Oreos, big, just packed-out calendar that features an array of bills that senators have objected to, from the state flag design to medical marijuana, which Senator Tom Davis, the Buford Republican sponsor, tweeted that it will be the first bill to receive debate when session returns next January. I'm already talking about next session, folks. So again, bills that are stuck right now will remain active when lawmakers return for the final year of their two-year session next January. But let's look at next week. It's going to be insane. Keep your arms inside the vehicle while it's moving. Uh, Eyes forward. Don't worry about the screams. Now, objections to bills will be pulled down. There'll be sideline negotiations taking place. Things can be pulled out of committee or thrown back in, and all as the clock ticks down to 5 p.m. Thursday. Tick-tock, Mr. Wick. Shortly thereafter, you will be able to find me and a good chunk of the legislature and press corps at Hall's Chop House. Now, I hope that didn't sound too snobby, but, well, I guess it is. I'll take a free martini for that advertising. And as promised, some trail bites for you on the way out. Governor McMaster's campaign announced that it hired Mark Nope as its new campaign director. Tim Pearson will be staying on as a consultant. 
Nope was Alan Wilson's 2018 campaign manager and also worked on Senator Lindsey Graham's 2020 re-elect. And another Democrat is jumping into the race against Senator Tim Scott. Spartanburg County Democratic Party Chairwoman Angela Getter made it official this week. She joins Berkeley County Representative Crystal Matthews in the race. With Mother's Day this weekend, we wanted to take a break from the hustle and bustle, though there's still plenty in this podcast, and visit with our OG mom, Mother Nature. Which means we took a trip to see Britton Fox of Boone Fox Farm for our regular check-in with the Leeds resident horticulturalist. Also, in case you can't hear it in this segment, I'm wearing a floppy hat. Gavin, take it away. Yes, we know there is a lot going on right now, but in case you haven't noticed, it's springtime. Yes, I know your allergies note. It is springtime indeed. But tis the season to catch up with lead horticulturist Brenton Fox. Hello. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us here. Where are we, Brenton? We are actually out at my farm today. Uh, So we're out at Sand Hills Research Center, um, sitting right next to the farm plot. Boone Fox Farm. Boone Fox Farm farm plot. That's a lot of words. Yeah. I'm glad we got it right. (laughs) We're not at 80s house in the (laughs) located right there on Street. (laughs) Um, so, Bryn, uh, this is not only a special visit for us, obviously, because yes. we were finally able to come out and see your farm, yes. your wonderful farm ever since the pandemic kind of prevented us from doing that. But it's also a special time of year because Mother's Day is Yes, on this Sunday. is my, my busiest week of the year for sure. Well, tell us how you prepared for that. You know, we were just talking about that. We were just walking your rows. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, we're taking for granted. We get to see the end result here. Yeah. Tell us how we got to this end result and how long ago it took to, to kind of get sure. things going. So planning for Mother's Day 2021 started last July wow. in 2020, uh, getting all my seed orders in, getting my crop plan finalized. And all of those crops go in the ground between October and January. Um, mm-hmm. So anything that I'm harvesting right now has been in the ground for quite some time and taking care of it. And it's all a rush to get it cut as quick as I can. And what are some of the flowers that you had planted? What are some of these bouquets that you're putting together for Mother's yeah. Day? Yeah. So some of the main ingredients um, that are going to be going into them are larkspur, which is a good one for home gardens if anybody wants to think about putting that in their garden next October. Uh, Campanula. I have some nigella. Uh, these are some crazy sounding names, I know. <laughs> uh, but then some. Look them up, people. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Got the internet on your phone. Snapdragons are one uh-huh. people uh, will recognize, and that's one that um, we cut really heavy for three weeks, and that's about the the extent of the season for it. So really, Mother's Day, and then the beginning of my subscription service starts the week after Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So it's, a lot of those crops are in the ground, and we're just cutting them for three weeks and pushing them out as fast as we can. And I know we're in springtime, but this is something that people can be doing back in October, like you're yep. saying, planting these these crops, because they're all native, or they're not necessarily native, but they're they're welcome in, in South Carolina. Correct. They enjoy the environment, they enjoy the climate. That's right, yeah. And we don't have a very long spring, so if I was in a northern climate up in New England, mm-hmm. um, I would probably wait to put some of those crops in the ground closer to springtime, but because we don't really have a full... Um, spring season, I have, Mm. I sort of trick the plants into thinking they have a long growing time. So Mm. Mm -hmm. they go on the ground when it's actually cool here. Um, 
and yeah, and then they pop up right in time for Mother's Day. Speaking of mothers, what um, what are you getting your mother? What should we be maybe getting <laughs> our mothers for Mother's Day? Do well, we have to get them flowers? Can we get them plants? Yeah, or what, what's I think the... especially if you have a mother that enjoys or, you know, or a, a caretaker, a loved one that you just want to celebrate this time of year, this is a, a great time to be putting plants into the ground. So mm-hmm. and all the local nurseries are stocked up, ready for you to come over and uh, grab something. So if you have a mom that likes to be out in her garden, that's also a really cool thing to get. And that's something maybe you could spend Sunday doing with her is planting yes, her garden. Yes. <laughs> well, so what should we also be doing? You know, outside of Mother's Day, it's springtime. We're gearing yeah. up for the summer. Uh, maybe people haven't gotten to their spring cleaning yet with their yards <laughs> or their gardens. Yeah. What's, what's the move out there? What maybe should they be planting looking ahead? We actually had some late freezes. So if you are a little bit behind on getting your garden ready, honestly, that's probably okay this year. Mm-hmm. So we had a pretty late freeze. Um, I actually had some crop damage from it. It was about two weeks ago. Yeah. So as far as plants that you want to get into the ground now, your summer fruiting vegetables are mm-hmm. very, as far as your uh, edible garden, that's a good one. Tomatoes, cucumbers, squash, that kind of thing. Get your raised beds going right now if you want to do yeah. one. As far as getting your raised beds healthy, both for your flower beds or your raised beds, investing in some good quality compost here mm-hmm. in Columbia. We have a company called Resoil that you can buy compost from. I know the zoo also does the poo at the zoo. Mm. They take elephant poop and turn it into good compost. Okay. <laughs> That'd be a little exotic compost yeah. where you can tell all your neighbors, well, I got the good, I got the good compost. It's from the, it's from the it's elephant. From the zoo. It's from a pachyderm. <laughs> pachyderm. And then, uh, <laughs> I like pachyderm better. Well, the Isn't there a Y in there? <laughs> Another thing to get for your garden this time of year is is mulch. So mm-hmm. it's especially for your perennial flower beds um, or even like, you know, just around your raised beds, investing in some mulch so you're not having to spray stuff mm-hmm. to kill off weeds. Let's try and prevent doing that. Uh, we all live where a waterway is close. So yeah, runoff prevent, is a big, big exactly. issue. And then, so also, what about my pot people? You know, like, you know, should I be, should I be taking my potted plants outside or, you know, like, like, I think I talked about this last time we had this interview, you know, I have some like small palms that yeah. I take out, put them on the front uh, stoop, you know, get, yeah. let them get that they good want sun. Sunlight. Yeah. Yes. And now that the day length is increasing, um, that's a good time to put them out there. And now that I, we, that frost that happened two weeks ago mm-hmm. was very strange. So I think it's safe now to bring those potted plants out. Uh, but just be mindful that we, you know, thunderstorms are coming through. Yeah. So if you get a lot of wind on your front porch, just be mindful that you're not leaving a plant out there that's going to get knocked over because that's a mess. And we were just talking about uh, composting, but talk mm-hmm. about feeding and watering, you know, talking about maybe yeah. pots too. I know some people are always like, is my plant dead? Am I overwatering it too much? You know, I guess yeah. you just got to pay attention to your plants and really look into for them sure. and understand it. Yeah. And really looking into the individual, even for different varieties of certain plants might require different types of watering needs. So just because you've heard it about one type of uh, house plant, it might not be the same for another. Um, but watering issues. Sunlight. You yeah. Know, too you, much sun for some plants. Yeah. Just go ahead and kill them. Yeah. Especially for your house plants, like indirect sun, direct sunlight. Those are different things. So you want to research what your plant, your individual plant needs, and you might not have the right environment for that in your house. So, you know, don't buy something that just because it looks pretty it, doesn't mean you can keep <laughs> it, it going to grow. If your whole front that yard, so many different things, yeah. guys, <laughs> if yeah, your that's, that's yard why I'm not is... tethered down anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I need direct sun <laughs> in a cool environment. <laughs> yeah. So look at look into it. And I mean, I when people ask me about, you know, what does this plant need? I it, my first thing is wherever you got it from, if it was Lowe's or Home Depot or something like that, those are 
maybe not the people to ask mm-hmm. about individual plant needs. Go to a local nursery. They know their stuff. They have probably helped people plan out their gardens in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a reason that the local store can give you a little bit more help. So That's a good point. Yeah, definitely a good point. Well, great information there, Bryn. We always love catching up with you, our lead horticulturist, <laughs> I'm glad Bryn you guys Fox. could come yeah, out here. this is wonderful. Yeah. Um, you can follow her at Boone Fox Farm on Instagram. Yes. And uh, if you have any, if you're interested in buying some some flowers, some arrangements, she's there. Check her out on Instagram. <laughs> Thanks, Brynn. Of course. Happy to be out here in the sunshine with you guys. Happy spring. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> yes. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> thank you, Floppy Hat Gavin. Great field work there. And a special thank you to all the moms listening. The lead loves you. So I know early in our broadcast, I was mentioning how uh, DHEC transitioned about probable and confirmed cases to reporting just one number. Well, I want to talk about another thing that DHEC is transitioning to as well. As of May 1st, the CDC has transitioned from reporting all breakthrough cases to those that led to hospitalization or death. Now, we're talking about breakthrough cases. We're talking about people that have gotten sick after getting vaccinated. Now, the state's going to follow and also report those numbers, again, only when they lead to hospitalization or death. But they've been very few as well. We're talking about 258 cases so far in the state with six deaths. And that's out of 3 million shots so far. Okay, folks, so very rare. And again, this happens because not every vaccine is 100% effective. These things happen. And Assistant State Epidemiologist Dr. Jane Kelly has some more details for you. Well, it may very well be that we will not eliminate this virus. But that's not a reason not to get vaccinated. The vaccines we currently have in the United States are effective against the circulating variants. That's very important. My concern is if not enough people are vaccinated, then this virus has a huge pool of susceptible people to infect and to continue to mutate. This is a setup for variants to emerge against which vaccines won't work. The best way to avoid this is to cut this virus off from the opportunity to infect new people by vaccinating. I don't want to minimize this virus by comparing it to influenza or the common cold. This virus might continue to circulate as is. It might be that it will become a recurrent infection that is not as devastating as it has been in the past year. But it could also change to the worse. So we still urge people to get vaccinated now for the best protection. The FEMA Community Vaccination Site in Columbia has been averaging around 315 doses a day, with 6,500 administered since it opened on April 14th. Now, the clinic has a capacity of 1,000 doses a day, so obviously we're far below that with 315 a day, but that's just what demand looks like, according to Dr. Kelly. And the site will be administering Johnson & Johnson vaccine starting May 27th through June 9th. So again, one stop, one shot, right there. Now, the state will continue to request its full Johnson & Johnson allotment, while other vaccine requests are based on the demand providers are seeing. But the White House said this week that unordered vaccine will be redirected to states where demand is higher. At this time, the decision has been made that we will continue to base our state's weekly vaccine orders of Moderna or Pfizer based on what providers are requesting that they need each week. 
Plus, we'll keep a preserve, or excuse me, a reserve of at least 5,000 doses each, which includes first and second doses of the states at the state's redistribution warehouse, just in case we need them for use in an emergency or an unforeseen circumstance, such as shipment delays because of weather, which is something that has happened before. We'll also continue to request the full amount of Janssen vaccine that's available to our state which is currently about 8,000 to 11,000 doses per week. The nice thing about the Janssen vaccine is it's easy to store, it's safe and effective, it's a single shot, um, and it's a vaccine that can better support our community-based efforts, such as the vaccine clinics or mobile vaccine efforts, especially in our rural cl clinics. We'll continue to work with our federal partners as states work to address the decline in the COVID-19 vaccine administrations nationwide. Dr. Kelly said DHEC has seen a higher uptake of vaccine in coastal areas and lower uptake in rural areas. And of course, those under 34 are still slow to getting vaccinated. Side note, record scratch. What's up, Gen Z and my fellow millennials? Y'all big on talking about changing the world? Here's one way to do it. You know, an increase in cases among teens is definitely a concern for us. We have concern that prom graduation events are going to be super spreader events. You know, prom is definitely a concern. And, you know, I would just put to families and teens that many colleges are requiring COVID vaccine anyway. We might as well get it done now. And in terms of what are we seeing about infection and hospitalization rates, did you know that it is the age uh, 15 to 34 group that is the highest increase, the biggest group for new cases in South Carolina right now. And we are starting to see some hospitalizations. Young, previously healthy people sometimes still get severe illness requiring hospitalization. So we, we are concerned that we are starting to see more young people with an increase in cases and more young people with severe disease. So, if you're a healthy, young person and you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, we'd love to know why. 803-563-7169. You can ask us any questions you have. We won't judge you. We're just wondering because vaccination rates are so low for everyone under 34 at this point. Welcome to our wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. And since you haven't been sharing your stories with us as frequently as we'd like, <laughs> I have a question for you that maybe will prompt some voicemails. Now, you heard me ask the youngs about why they're not getting vaccinated and, you know, tell us to give us a call so we can find out what's going on there. Well, tell us how you're handling similar situations in your life. Maybe a loved one or a good friend you know is not all all about getting the vaccine or they're hesitant about it because of things they may have read, even if it's misinformation. Tell us how you're handling this, these situations. We're interested. We will you know, pass along any questions or any concerns you have or any examples you have to you know, people that can probably help because I know there's different approaches to getting people involved. And I know shaming people, you know, calling people names Never or anything works. like that does not work. So if you've if you've had these examples, please share them. We're not gonna we're not gonna judge you. No, but there are some yet. ways that we can all work together to maybe work through some of this hesitancy. So leave us a message, 803-563-7169. You don't even have to leave us your name if you don't want to. You can be mysterious, but that hopper bone dry, okay? Hopper is dry right now. It's cracking. <coughs> um it's not good. Uh, we sprung 
few leaks. But you know, it might not even matter, AT. Why? Because this weekend, I will just be staring at the sky directly oh. into the sun. Yeah, smart. Watching for the 23-ton, 10-story Chinese rocket booster to fall to Earth. Yeah, I'm very, I'm pretty excited about this too. It's sort of like a twister. They don't really know where it's going to land. It's like right? Space Lab from Wet Hot American Summer. If anyone ever watched that movie, <laughs> a chunk of Space Lab falls down to the Earth. Uh, yes, the likelihood of it killing us is very slim. Like 70% of the Earth is water, if you believe it's round. If you even believe in, in <laughs> numbers like that. Yeah, if you believe those numbers. That seems a little wet for me. However, I just want to put everyone on alert that the lead is on Skywatch until further notice. Oh, Gavin will be reporting. He'll be live <laughs> tweeting throughout the week weekend. Just staring straight into the sun. Yeah. Eclipse style. Um, and all, just so they should know, all air fryers are now half off. Oh, yeah. End we, of the world sale? Yeah. I have the authority to do that, folks. You're getting some more. <laughs> Again, if you call, you get the chance to possibly enter into oh, an air fryer drive. Do, do you think people haven't called because they hate air fryers? Oh, my gosh. It's backfiring on us. Well, maybe we'll do a, a, a pressure cooker. Maybe deep fryers. Deep fryers? <laughs> Full fat. Yeah, I mean. That's flavor. Fat's flavor. Let's not lie. <laughs> Screw the air fryers. We're going deep fryers. Uh, yeah, I I did read though, Gavin. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to put a little uh, miles on your car. Uh-oh, why? I I I saw that they they think that the rocket might land in Turkmenistan. Ugh, I have a vacation home there. Oh no! Oh god! I better call Sergio and let him know. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I I I'm worried. You gotta. You got to get out there if you really want to be. Uh, it's it's wonderful this time of year if you've never oh, been. Oh, Turkmenistan right <laughs> oh my now? God. Oh, my God. The leaves changing? <laughs> <laughs> but, Gavin, uh, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up. You want to talk about a rocket to sort of deflect from this here. Yes, always looking for a way to deflect all with a rocket. All deflecting, uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, you, we were supposed to golf, all right? Yes. Full transparency, you and I were supposed to go golfing, and yes. uh, we can't because your back hurts. <laughs> And that's very 30-something of you. <laughs> Someone told bad news. I was like, oh, we can go golfing, blah, blah. Actually, like, oh, I'm going to have to back out. Actually, I've been sleeping with a heating pad for the past two weeks, <laughs> and I probably shouldn't risk it. <laughs> I'm not 100% yet. Gavin has fashioned like a like an astronaut upright sleeping thing <laughs> yes, out, of, out of his many belts in his house and uh, is is sleeping upright completely. It's about to be patented, so just wait. You watch the Gavin, t- the, the, the Jackson sleeping method. <laughs> no, my brother Nick, is always, he's, he's notorious for sleeping upright. After you, a long night, he just he just angles himself across the bed and just like sleeps like he's sitting up. I, I don't I, understand people who can do that. I I tried last night, did not work. No. However, the back pain is is subsiding somewhat. Um, could have been the margaritas. I heard that margaritas do go straight to your back. Um, <laughs> disgusting margaritas. Uh, they weren't bad. I hate margaritas. We know this. I know, this but is, that's this, a personal problem. Me not liking margaritas is lead. Canon, it is lore to the list. Yeah, I don't like those bad Gatorade. But anyway, uh, (laughs) no, I I don't really know what I did to. to You have no answers. Yeah, Yeah. it could have been from working out too much. I I was saying, yeah, good for you for uh, throwing back all those plates. You can't move at all. I am more comfortable sitting up than I am, you know, on a bed or my comfy couch. Well, You, you get lulled into this like false sense of security, like, oh, I'm laying down. This is great for my back, and then you're like, oh Lord, have mercy. How do I? How do I get up? 
Huh? Uh, I get up? I've been blessed. I've been blessed. Hashtag blessed. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, you know. With a good back. Anyway, Gavin, say goodbye to the folks. Have a good weekend. Let us know what you do for Mother's Day. Yeah. And, uh, keep watching the sky. Watch the sky. <laughs> Don't get hit by any uh, flying space trash. <laughs> And uh, uh, yeah, throw your space trash away, folks. Yeah, recycle your space trash. It's 2021. And thanks for listening to the pod. Show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on iTunes or a voicemail, 803-563-7169. You can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Okay, jazz poetry. Let's. I got some before. I would like to read some jazz poetry, if you don't mind. No, I think it's going to take about an hour, but if you don't mind, I'll, I'll begin here. Starlight, lightning crashes. Now I understand there's data, and it's hard to compile data. <laughs>